This is a content warning. The following episode contains discussions of suicide and real-world violence. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logan the Barbarian, joined by my returning guest from Planet X Games, Levi Combs. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I- I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been drinking my coffee, getting ready for this. If you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I like yeah. We, a little, we were a little bit off air, and I was just marveling at your. Uh, at the shelves and shelves of game books behind you that that is a beautiful sight sir it's like yeah some of those are pretty old <laughs> some of those have been around for a minute i see those orange spines up there yeah it's orange spines. Like, a lot of those old uh palladium stuff i had from when i was younger and stuff like, i've had some of those books floating around for quite hey, a man, few don't years be, don't be just sh- palladium but we all had them I, I love that stuff back in the day that was that was a serious go-to of mine man Oh, that was like our, one of our main things was playing, but you got something out on Kickstarter that's coming out here that you're working on or you're, 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 you've got, well, getting crowdfunded right now, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I have a, a project called uh, Vulgar Display of Magic. <laughs> uh, and, if, and if that sounds familiar, it's, be, it's because, of, yes, it is a riff on, um, on that, uh, that amazing uh, heavy metal album from, from <laughs> the, the early 90s, uh, Pantera's Vulgar uh, Display of Magic, which itself is a riff on a line from The Exorcist, um, where the, the possessed Reagan looks at, um, looks at Father Karras and says, uh, well, that that's a, would be a very, uh, that would be a vulgar display of power. You know? <laughs> so it all kind of, it kind of ties in. You know? There's a I- picture, the, the cover is, is actually... Uh, it's a it's a, a picture of Pazuzu getting punched in the face, like uh, just like uh, the, the cover from uh, from Vulgar Display of Power. I, I love that Exorcist. I love Exorcism movies are some of my favorite. I love the whole possession thing. It's great. Oh yeah, like so. Last time I was on, we talked a lot about uh, grindhouse flicks and uh, B movies and oh, yeah. exploitation <laughs> flicks and whatnot. And um, going back to that, uh, there's a whole like there's a whole genre and then a subgenre within that genre of exploitation films that that circle just around possession and exorcism and you know then you get into like is it is it ghostly exorcism or is it um is it demonic possession you're like you know there's like i said there's there's levels to you know <laughs> that's yeah. the, those, those little genres within the, those exploitation films and i'm in love with all of it i yeah i like if i have to pick a favorite genre of horror it's probably honestly the exorcism genre period i don't know why i really get into those i like the priests doing their thing like oh their bibles and all just get it now what can i i'm torn here because i have the world's most crazy pantera story and i don't <laughs> no, know if i, I should right, record it or right tell there. it i want to hear that <laughs> right now it's for really sure it's really messed up it's not even a pantera story but it's what pops in my mind every time i hear about pantera it's more of a marine corps story than anything it, no it I'm, is, all, I'm all ears man let's hear it i, I i'm really hesitant to say this oh so, okay, okay have you ever heard the name nathan gale uh there's was there a movie so uh, uh, so when i was going from um 
from Cincinnati to North Carolina. And I can't believe I'm telling this. This is crazy. So you'll never believe this. So I'm, I was going, I, I ran into this guy from Columbus. He's had a layover in Cincinnati. He was a Marine. I'd just gotten out of boot camp and done some, uh, taught, you know, your leave or whatever, go home, visit your family. We're going for like infantry training school stuff you do in Cherry Point, North Carolina. And this dude was jacked. He had on half his alphas. His belt was messed up. He gravitated straight toward me because I had this giant misfits patch on the side of my leather jacket. And he's like, hey, man, you're a rock and roller. And he was really obsessed with Pantera. And he had some issues. Um, I could go with this story for a while because it was a really messed up weekend. Like people got messed up, blowed up, dead, everything else. And he had serious issues. Eventually, he got drummed out of the Marine Corps. And as I was sitting there uh, a few duty stations later, I just told you in Kansas City watching the news, I looked up and they flashed Nathan Gale's picture in front of me. And they had a whole news segment about how he had just killed Dimebag Daryl. What? He was. Yeah, dude was my battle buddy. Well, he was my second battle buddy because I had conflict with my first when I was in North Carolina. Blew my mind. Oh my God, man. That must have so sent every, you for a loop. Every time I Holy crap. hear about so this boat, I'm like, oh, my mind goes straight back to Nathan Gale. Like it, we had a really interesting, uh, like when we had first arrived at Cherry Point, North Carolina, we tried to get a room with some other guys and we went up because I left my, my go fasters, my sneakers or whatever you want to call them. We called them go fasters in the Marine Corps at, in Ohio, so I had to go get some from Wally World. So we went down to Walmart. By the time we came back, old dude, we got the room with had hung himself in the ceiling fan. I kid you oh not. Oh my god, man! This, it was this, a messed this, up this weekend. Is like the, <laughs> this is the worst weekend I've ever, I've, uh, ever man. And like the, every memory I have with that guy is like that. And I only knew him for like a couple weeks, and then I looked wow, up man, on the that's... TV. And so, anyways, I, maybe I should edit all that out. I don't know how I it. That but brother, yeah. that is. That is one hell of a story, man. Um, I mean, I didn't look, know it, him it, it was, well, but listen, I mean, well, all, all that stuff that all that stuff that happened that was super tragic, you know. I mean, and you know, we could talk about a lot of things, man. We could go way deep into you know what that sort of lifestyle. I don't know, man. Well, you know, you know, things happen, you yeah. know, and some so, so, some folks really need help, and uh, he he was a guy who obviously needed needed some some help so yeah he definitely needed help that he didn't get a hundred percent and i know that he was really obsessed with the band and he kept on like like when i first met me like that's one of the things he would go on about he was really upset about them breaking up like angry about it but anyway so about your book (laughs) oh my gosh You may, you know, listen, you might listen to that and might want to cut all that out. I'm, I'm, sure. not, I have I am fascinated. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that story because, I mean, that is just a, a brush with, with, uh, God, who knows how, how bad that could have gone, you know, but, um, but wow, that is, that's crazy, man. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the vulgar display of magic, it's a, it's a sequel to, um, a previous zine that I did called magic and shit. Um, really, which is just like a love letter to um, 70s and 80s heavy metal, um, kind of viewed through an RPG lens. The first book, uh, Magic and Shit, it had uh, just a ton of magic items. It was really steeped in lore. And each magic item was kind of based off of a song lyric or was derived from, from a, a certain band. 
Um, and it was popular um, with, with, you know, with, with my crowd, with the, the kind oh, yeah. of people who enjoyed the, the kind of books that I, that I make. And um, I had a really, really good time writing it. It all kind of came about because my, you know, my, one of, one of my best friends in high school, he and I, you know, we were young metalheads who would, you know, sit on the floor of the bedroom listening to, you know, Rush or Sabbath or, you know, the, the latest Cowboys from Hell. You know, we would listen to Pantera or a, a thousand Metallica songs back to back, you know. Um, while playing D and D with our friends, you know? so that's a story I think that is, you know, uh, we listen people... to a lot, a lot of Rush in the bass. A lot, a lot of Rush. My my biggest one though, my biggest all time favorite is probably Sepultura in that vein of <laughs> Oh no, that was on rotation for for sure, man. I in fact I remember when my best friend he he went away to see um, his dad for the summer, and he came back with all these new tapes. You know, a bands that I'd never heard of, and Sepultura was one of them. Pantera was another one because we lived in a small, you know, little town in Arkansas, and there there was no record shop. There was no, you know, if we wanted something, we had to go out of town to get it. So he comes back and he's got like, you know, uh, Sepultura, Pantera. He's got Prong, oh, Ministry. Yeah. He's got Ministry. He's got a bunch of bands. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is all amazing, you know. So that really formed a backbone of. Um, kind of our interests and our love for heavy metal. Um, and that that's how the first scene came about. The, this scene, Vulgar Display of Magic, is literally just the sequel. It was We had so much stuff from the first one. Uh, and the ideas just kept coming and coming and coming. We decided, well, let's, let's switch gears. Let's do spells this time. You know, the Eldritch Wizardry and Rituals and all sorts of things that you can kind of fit into your OSR game. But we didn't want to do anything that had ever been done previously so we wanted to make sure all the spells were very weird fantasy and that they all had this, this, this you know kind of the same feel that the first zine did and yeah so I'm, I'm i'm pretty pretty proud of what we've done so far because it's it's man uh i look back on i, I look through the the manuscript and i'm like oh there's some some really cool stuff that i wish i would have had you know <laughs> back when i was sitting on that floor playing D D. <laughs> <laughs> so Give us, could you give us a sneak peek at some of the spells that we might expect to find in it? That oh maybe? yeah, no, no, for sure. Well, first thing is first because um, I tried out, uh, I collaborated with a new artist on this one, um, Phil Stone. Um, he's fantastic. He's done a bunch of stuff for Magic: The Gathering. He's done a bunch of um, of stuff for other publishers, and he recently did these uh, demon codexes that he illustrated and, and wrote himself. And man, they are, that's what blew my mind. When I, when I saw those, I was like, Oh, this is the guy. Like if I can somehow get lucky enough to convince him to come and work on this project, he is the guy. And uh, Phil just couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been like more of my kind of people. You know, he, same story. He was a lifelong metalhead, you know, um, that was all into all the same stuff that I was into. So we just, um, you know, we, 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 came together, had a couple conversations and man, he was off to the races. Um, couldn't work with a nicer and more professional uh, artist. And I don't know if you've uh, been on the Kickstarter at all, but uh, a, a bunch of his illustrations are on there and they are just, I mean, they're killer. Um, he did one call. I'm sorry, go ahead. What's the name of the demon codexes? Cause that's means that. Oh, I, I, I feel I'm so sorry. <laughs> man. I, don't, I don't remember it off, off the top of my head, but um I can get that for you for your show notes afterwards for sure. Right. Um, I'm curious, but he, he did. He did this, yeah, I, I believe they were these leather bound hardback. Oh, nice. um, Because I remember seeing the seeing the Kickstarter and 
seeing the art and the pages and I was just blown away. Um, I mean, he did like this crazy picture of Orcus that just blew my mind. All the, you know, all the demon Lords and de- you know, devils and stuff that, you know, they're all in there. It's, um, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Orcus fan. We just, uh, I don't know if this, I think it may have been actually just came out this week, the uh, issue, but we were flipping through our old dragon mags and found this wonderful classic, uh Todd Lockwood Orcus from 1980 in there <laughs> and I was yeah, like, so what's what's crazy about that illustration is that's by Todd Lockwood the yes. same Todd Lockwood that worked so much on third edition I mean so you think there's just that that's 1980 to the early 2000s I mean that's a guy who when he drew that it, it's already one of the most iconic pictures of Orcus that have ever been done and then you go you flash forward 20 25 years and he's putting out all that stunning artwork for third edition i mean i mean it's also just so jaw dropping you want to you want to you want to hear something that that will that will make you sad (laughs) sure (laughs) 1980 is closer to 2000 than we currently are to 2000 (laughs) isn't that crazy that's nuts man (laughs) blow your mind yeah no that's you're right I don't know why when you said that this little crank started turning in my head like oh wow <laughs> well here here if you want to really put it in the in the, in the perspective 1980 is farther away from now than 1980 is away from the creation of superman oh wow because <laughs> superman came out in 39 Right? I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah you I mean, got about. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. <laughs> I gotta stop. Get you right here. <laughs> Time we're just old, goes man. by we're, so quick. It's like <laughs> we're old, brother. We're old. We're old. <laughs> it goes by too quick. So vulgar display of magic. Can we get a? <laughs> can we get a few maybe names of some of the spells or a hint of what some of those new spells might be doing? Sure. Um, there's one called Call of the Moldwalker. That is, uh, it's, it's based uh, directly off of, you ever heard of the cordyceps mushroom? You ever mm-hmm. heard of ant zombies? Yeah. All right. So the whole thing where the, the mushroom bursts out of the, the zombie's skull and it basically turns into a zombie yeah. ant to infect all the other ants. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what Call of the Moldwalker does, but it does it to your enemies. Nice. Which is pretty, pretty, you know, which is pretty sweet <laughs> in my opinion. Um, there's one called Blessing of Black Brine. That is basically the cleric's version of Tensor's transformation, just uh, with a lot more. It's, it's a lot more colorful. I'll, I'll just put. It, I don't want to give, give too much away, but it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty sweet. Um, there's Dwemerclasm. Dwemerclasm uh, basically turns your your uh, your foe's unused spells up on, on him, uh, makes them fire off in, uh, in painful gouts of uh, various magical effects. That's a fun one. Uh, that was great playtest, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's a bunch of stuff. There's prismatic, uh, crucible. Uh, oh, one of my favorites is Oath of Nooses, which is a great spell if you hate being backstabbed. If you're tired <laughs> of being backstabbed, uh, cast Oath of Nooses on yourself, and the thief who uh, who tries to tries to get that uh, that double damage is in for a long, long night. <laughs> so. I'm looking at here, uh, you've got the, for the vulgar display of magic, the zine and the PDF, it's $15. You can get the PDF for 10. You can back yeah. up there. And then 
Oh, well, that's the retailer pledge. I don't. I'm not a retailer, so I don't need to. Look at that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a. So I always do a retailer pledge. I'm a huge fan of the the friendly local game store um, because you know without without those, uh, it's it's hard for the hobby to survive. Um, I love going to new to a new city, finding a brand new game store, and just what do they got in the used section? What are they carrying? DCC, cool. What old games do they have? Are they carrying any weird games? You know, I found so many cool little um, books and supplements and adventures and games over the years. Just going to those, like, oh, Leo, hey, let me dip in. I'm going through Cincinnati. Let me just put it. You know, go look in Google and see where the game stores are. And you find things some game store that's been open 30 years you know and they've got just wall you know old stuff or just cool stuff nobody you know that most people don't see so uh i put that pledge in there for them and i basically give it to them at literally the as as i can uh 50 uh or less cost and it allows them to be able to stock it on their shelves well if you do come to cincinnati i, I will give you a little direction here there to a couple that are must check outs <laughs> are, are you, you're, in, you're in cincinnati yeah would you, well i'm not in cincinnati i'm in butler county north of cincinnati um so i, I it's cincinnati's about a 45 minute drive or so but we have a like from where i'm at I'm within like an hour, a 45 minute to an hour drive of a lot of game sure. stores. Like I'm sitting here sure. trying to count how many there's, I don't even know. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There may be a dozen drive time for me, depending <laughs> on what we're talking here. Some of them are comic slash, com, well, at least one, one or two of them are comic stores with real good game store selections. Uh, Gateway Games out here in Cincinnati is an awesome little store. Yoda Quest is another real good one that closed a few years back. And then the, the sons of the fellow who owned it reopened the store in a different location here a few years back. So there's there's quite a few out this way. There's quite a few that have gone under here, too. Let me ask you this. I heard a rumor that there was a place in Cincinnati on the outside. It looks like a video store. So you go in, it's got the old school, like VHS shelves, the whole nine yards. Oh. But, but then uh, there's a secret entrance behind one, of the, behind one of the shelves that leads to a bar. Yeah, that's, that's a thing, apparently. <laughs> I guess. I don't, I'm, I'm not busy. But in, or, in, order to, in order to get into the bar, you have to answer like questions. Like the, the, guy, the, uh, the, the person behind the counter will say, like, we'll, we'll ask you some obscure question about you know some sort of cult film and if you can't answer it you can't go in the bar um so it's the, so it's a bar where they show you know uh, old cult movies and grindhouse flicks and um it's only for movie lovers only for people who can answer the question so. i oh, you know about as much as i know it sounds i've heard the same thing i've seen people point it out and i've heard people talk about it i what I'll be honest, I, I try not to go into the city of Cincinnati itself. Sure. <laughs> 90% of the time, unless we go to a bookstore or a game store. And and just because it's really just there's too much traffic and, and convoluted. And I don't go to bars. <laughs> sure, I hear you, man. I, I just uh, I think it's called video archives for your. I list, can find out. I can find out pretty easy. My, I know my spouse was actually talking about talking about it not that long ago. <laughs> wanted to go down there so so uh, that's good it, it, we know that it actually exists okay this is good it, it, it's not just a just a uh i, I think i know uh, who urban owns legend. it 
I think I know who Sweet. owns it. I think I, I think I'm pretty sure I know who owns it. And I think they do some other they have a few other little neat spots. If I'm I'm not I might be wrong, but I think I know the person who started that bar, but I'm not 100 percent certain. I mean, hey, can't be that <laughs> can't be that many of those uh, kind of bars hanging out, you know, in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati, it's, it is what it is. It's, a, it's an interesting place. Many places. Um, I've, I've lived quite a few places over the years. I think the one of the positives about Cincinnati compared to some other places I've lived is they do kind of have more game stores than other places I've lived. Nice. <laughs> Just in the general vicinity, which, and that's also including other, because there's close to other cities within like an hour drive. You know, yeah, man. I, like I said, I just love a, a friendly local game store, man. Um, every town I've ever lived in, I've always sought them out. So I'm just happy that they're out there and that um, you know they can keep the lights on. So that's what the pledge is about. You know, just making sure that I can get the get it out to them as cheaply as possible. Oh yeah, that's great. So metal seems to have played a part in this, and we talked <laughs> briefly on metal, and you told me where you got your cassettes at. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm curious. So how could we get into metal a little bit more? Oh, here? absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this is this is very much a this is very much a '70s uh, and '80s heavy metal uh, scene through a through a, you know an RPG weird fantasy lens. So when I was coming up, like I was big into like King Diamond was one of the mm-hmm. big ones. I got into them, and I remember speaking of Cincinnati again. When I got into King Diamond, I very much associate King Diamond with my eras of D&D and stuff like that, because it was all about witches and devils and stuff like that. That's a good pedigree, man. And uh, like when we went to go see them, it was King Diamond with Merciful Fate. And for those of you who aren't familiar, King Diamond had this loud uh, opera singer type voice. You can if you you can (laughs) find it anywhere now as a 21st century, you don't have to go look at a record store. You can Google him on YouTube. He looks like the way he looks. And I remember they'd say stuff like uh, there would be demons flying through there. He killed a priest. Someone died in the show and he was banned from Cincinnati or something. When we went to go see him, the rumor was that he had been banned for like five years because people were killing each other in the show. Maybe a demon. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that that's part of the whole, you know, there was always, no matter what show you went to, it seemed like there was always some sort of like lore or urban legend that accompanied the show there was always like oh you know ozzy threw a puppy into the crowd and, <laughs> and told them to kill it you know or you know he, he bit he bit a, the bird's head off and you're like well that one was actually true you know or uh you know there was there was always some sort of tale of oh, so-and-so you know he he played um you know he, he played uh the last half of the song with a with a, you know with a vibrator on his guitar and you're like all right, you know, I, I hear you. <laughs> you know, there's always just some some sort of craziness that accompanied um, those urban legends and tales uh, that surrounded the concert scene. You know, and if you came up in that in that era, um, I mean, it was something. It would get you pumped and psyched. It was like with Kiss. You know, there was always the nights and Satan the service. They'd say, <laughs> yeah, you know, all kinds of all kinds of craziness. It's like, like they talk about like uh, what is it? Uh, fake news and misinformation, but really. We we were probably worse back in the eighties, nineties before the internet oh, was really yeah. a thing. The misinformation we pick up from 
from other yeah, kids no. and everywhere else was absurd. No, pe- people could just tell you things. You know, <laughs> they would they could just tell you something, and you know, nine times out of ten, you were like, "Oh yeah, really? Did that really happen?" You know, you're really into. Oh, okay. You know, like it was just the the, the people would say the craziest things, but you know, you, if you didn't have an encyclopedia or like the latest issue of Kerrang in front of you, like you you didn't know. And, you just had to go on some dude's word. And how much could you look up about a rock star in an encyclopedia? <laughs> like, that's not going to be a whole lot when kids tell you that kind of stuff or, the, or stuff about D&D and all, you know? That you know stuff. Look, 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 looking back, you know, our, our friend uh, Danny with the, you know, the dyed blonde mullet with the jean jacket that smelled like weed was probably not the greatest uh, source of information, you know, for <laughs> how we should base all of our decisions on. But, um, you know, it, it was what it was. <laughs> Well, we came up with some great stories back then. Uh, unfortunately, I can actually go fact check them now. It's like, oh, no, you mean for that sure. wasn't reality? <laughs> King Diamond no, no, wasn't sure. summoning demons in the middle of it? <laughs> but it's still fun. I mean, and plus, I came out of like a, a very satanic panic region where things like the rock music and the Dungeons and Dragons were very, very much... Um, big no-nos growing up where i grew up very very same i grew up in a small town arkansas right in the middle of the bible belt so um absolutely i'm right right there with you i'm curious do you have any personal satanic panic anecdotes at all (laughs) i don't know about i don't know about anecdotes um i've got a a couple brief stories um the one that i this 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 is what i've told before that uh that seems to crack people up but there was a little uh game store that was right around the corner from uh from a church that my friends would attend and then uh, one saturday i you know i spent the night with them and we played D all night their dad their dad was our who was the youth youth uh, pastor we played D D all night and he was the dm you know we had a great time but the next morning we all got up and we went to church you know i stayed the night so i had to go to church um so I sit through the entire service, sit through, you know, the youth, youth group and everything. Everything's fine. But then they, they, they like break for like an hour, you know, and then you come back after like the potluck or whatever. So right. So all those kids, we decided we're going to go right around the corner and we're going to go to this, this, this little game store. When I say game store, it was like a crystal shop with like, like dream catchers in the window and fantasy posters. And oh yeah. Smelled, I like, this. smelled like incense. <laughs> and they, and the gaming stuff was like one small corner. Uh, but they were the only place in town where you could buy dice or uh, a copy of the Dungeoneers, you know, survival guide or something like that, you know. So I had a couple of bucks and I, I bought a pair of chess X dice and I had them in my pocket. So uh, so we go back to church and then right before we go in, I'm, I'm showing one of the other like one of the other teenagers, you know, hey, check out these cool smoky gray chess X dice I got. These, I'm, I'm big time now. And I guess one of the, the, the deacons, he was walking by and saw me and he came over and just like reamed me out like just embarrassed me in front of you know all these all, all my my peers at the time you know you know we're all just 13 14 year old kids we you know this guy's you know 50 years old you know six foot two and he's just you know giving, giving me a hard time so i just left i walked home and you know i kind of forgot about it really i was just like i didn't tell my parents or anything i was just yeah. like oh these people are closed-minded or whatever and then i, I just didn't go back to that church now a couple weeks later one sunday morning there's a knock on our door and you know my father was a very large man you know very he's old school but you know very sweet very he's a, he was a great dad but he uh he answers the door and there's these four strange men on you know standing on our porch on, you know, on our lawn and they're asking to see me and he's like you want to see my son about what you know <laughs> <One of those laughs> kind of deals. and uh, so i come out and 
it's the rest of the deacons from the church plus the youth minister. And they're like, hey, we came by to apologize to you. Uh, we want to tell you that, you know, that the, the man who, who, you know, the man who said those things to you, you know, was, it was talking about your dice or whatever, you know, he doesn't speak for all of us. You know, it, it was a, a moment, you know, where you, you would hear all these bad things about the satanic panic and kids getting their books burned or, oh, yeah. um, you know, wh- you know, whatever, you know, and it was just that moment where I was like, oh, not everyone is terrible. You know, these, these guys, they didn't, I was just some random kid, you know. Yeah, but apparently, apparently the youth minister had asked where I was, and the other kids had been like, "Oh yeah, like so so and so yelled at him for having some dice in his pocket that he bought him, you know, during during break." And they were mortified that that you know that somebody would would do that, you know. Oh yeah. So uh, I, I I did end up going back to that church uh, a couple <laughs> times with, with with my friends, and that <laughs> the guy who yelled at me would never he'd look straight ahead and would never make eye contact with me, with, with me which I thought was hilarious. But yeah, so that's a good that's that's a satanic panic story that doesn't end in heartbreak. <laughs> I don't know if mine ended in heartbreak. Uh, I, I grew up as a my father was a Baptist minister, so it was very dominant in the household at the time. And oddly enough, a lot of the stuff I found and got into was from uh, like some of the all of the satanic panic that was happening. Like I wouldn't have known unless they were screaming about it and saying, watch out for the metal, watch out for the, the earliest metal I ever heard was from people going on about how evil metal was. <laughs> I was like, right. no, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have been exposed to it if they didn't do that initially. I probably would have later on. I mean, look, was man, another thing, though. <laughs> yeah, look, that, that is that's something that Kiss tapped into. Alice Cooper tapped into oh, yeah. it. Um, you know, every, just all, all these people going up to Marilyn Manson, all the way, all the way through, I mean, to now, you know, every, there, there are, are bands that, that tap into that and tap into the, the disaffected teenager who is like, you know, no one understands me. No one gets me. Um, I like this stuff, you know, and the more that they rail against it, the more they tell you how bad it is, the more that you love it, you know, um, I have one of those upstairs and. I don't. I don't know what to think. I, I feel that she's t- <laughs> trying to find those things to upset. And I was like, I. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it's quite working out the way she wanted it to. Uh, well, no, <laughs> man. Listen, we were. We, we, we were all. Every everybody you know was a kid once. You know, so we, oh, we, we, we were all there. We, we were all there. Some some of us some of us still are. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I definitely like, I'm, I'm goofy. I like to play games. When it comes down to it, I am not a kid <laughs> in a lot of ways. I can't <laughs> handle some of the stuff with those kids sometimes. I am not all the time. But it is funny because it's how much I see of myself and how um, angry and disaffected and, 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 and rebellious course. I was at the time coming out. Like, yeah, man. Like, Oh, I understand. It's okay. You'll get over it eventually. I hope. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you got you got to let them be themselves, and they they they, they come back around. They they come back around. Oh, I you know. Hope just, so. you just all all you can do is is love them and try to steer them in the in the right direction, and let them love what they love, and 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 you know do be into the things that they're into. You know, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. I mean, it's pretty harmless. So let's you go know. back. Uh, let's let's do one quick return because we are a game podcast. And we've got we just I just stray everywhere <laughs> at some point in time. <laughs> quick question that I neglected to ask, but we're looking sure. at your your new thing coming out. Is this this is essentially geared towards just a general old school game, like a, any form of BX or AD or how is it set up to 
be compatible wise with other systems and stuff? So it, it is an OSR style. Um, I went with uh, first edition statistics because you can take first edition and it becomes BX real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, you can take first edition. It becomes OSC real quick. Um, it's swords and wizardry, Osric. I mean, you can play uh, a dozen games that we all, you know, like castles and crusades, you know, you could play a, a ton of, a ton of games. If you just use first edition stats, they're simple. Um, it's a template that anybody can look at and go, okay, yeah, I know what this monster does. You oh, know, yeah. or I, oh, I, I know what this spell does. You know, if, if I, look, I like, I like other editions. I like third and, and fifth and there's, there's plenty of editions that I like, but I wanted to make a quick and dirty, cool 48 page zine that I could just jam pack full of as many cool things as possible. Uh, and for me, the mecha mechanics wise, you know, the OSR style, that first edition OSC style was just the way to go. Yeah, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Number one, because like you said, there they're like if you're looking at swords and wizardry, old school essentials, castles and crusades, second edition you can pretty much pull it out and use any in any of those editions. Yeah. You know what? If you really want to look at using first edition stuff and in third edition Pathfinder, it's not gonna be that difficult at the end of the day. Not either. a huge leap. <laughs> it's not, not a huge leap. leap. No. But you know anybody anybody who plays Dungeons and Dragons or one of the many, many fantasy retro clones can take this and use it. You can plug and play the stuff right into your game. There's stuff in here for your heroes to use and a lot of stuff in here for your villains to use. Yes, there's even stuff in here for your monsters to use. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be an enemy, uh, a wizard or cleric. You know, it can just be you know, uh, orc shaman or uh, you know, a, a ghoul priest that's been you know sleeping beneath a pyramid for you know three thousand years. And there's all kinds of there's all kinds of ways that you can use this, which is really what I try to do with stuff like um, like the, my phylactery zines and um, magic and shit was another. I really enjoy that that usability at the table you, know, you can spring the table and use it oh i don't like this cut it out throw it away it, it doesn't matter uh but here's 10 things you can use you know now i want to bring up one more thing before we we, we shut this down today i, sure. I got the ray guns and robots oh <laughs> and nice i haven't had a chance to read it yet but it's i took it straight and directly to my uh <laughs> my bedside where I put my reading material that I look at every night <laughs> and it's, it's right there at that. This is the stuff I'm getting ready to read section. So hopefully I have flipped through it and I have to say that the art is pretty, here's what's cool about the art on Ray guns and robots. Is that going to be available in exalted funerals? Yeah, it's actually already available. At exalted okay. Funeral. If you go there now, it's available. Go to exalted funeral, get Ray guns and robots. This got the coolest little like advertisements, like the old sea monkeys and stuff like that, but with a <laughs> twist. And it, it's really got a good vibe of that old school sci-fi feel. Very, uh, I want to say Forbidden Planet era science fiction stuff. And it's it's a it's Absolutely. a cool little zine. It's a cool little zine. And like I said, that's that's right there. I read one zine a, a week right now because <laughs> I got to sure. do a zine review, and it's right there on the stack of those. And that stack's probably no, very much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I that's that's it. if you like, um, you know, rip roaring, square jawed heroes zipping across the Flagastan and a with a jetpack in one hand and a ray gun in the other, fighting alien menaces and you know giant cyber killer robots that'll you know that are out to wipe out humanity then this is a zine for you but <laughs> you know i that was it was so much fun to write and so much fun to collaborate with uh with the artists on that 
Um, Ed Bickford, uh, who's I've worked with a, a ton. He was a big part of that. Um, my uh, my best friend from high school, Lawrence Hernandez, who, who did the cover for Vulgar Display of Magic and Magic and Shit. He did a couple uh, illustrations in there that that I probably my favorite one of the whole thing actually is the is the giant praying mantis in a lab coat. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's uh, hilarious. I mean, it's it's hilariously awesome uh, and right on point. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to write that and to uh, to play test it and to be able to, to you know to to have a game where a, a, a drop ship uh, appears over the city and you know a bunch of cyber chimps you know come falling out like a like a you know, you know barrel of monkeys uh rampaging and then the heroes have to deal with that you know it was, it was a lot of a lot of fun uh coming up with uh all the different uh devices and plot hooks and everything else and there's a there's an adventure in the back of it that was written by my friend uh uh lewis heifer or hofer rose hofer um of dandelion games he's a he's a great writer and a, a super cool dude but he wrote a great adventure that is in the back of that that um has astro zombies and an alien menace and a deserted planetoid uh site that you can explore i mean all the side sci-fi tropes it's it's wonderful but uh yeah get a chance to check it out that's great now before we get done here, could you tell all the listeners where they can find you and the Kickstarter and everything else? We'll, we'll put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. It's just Planet X Games uh, on on, on uh, Facebook. It's uh, at Planet X Games Co. Co. on Twitter, and then if you go to Instagram, that's where I'm usually the busiest. Um, that is, it came from beyond Planet X. Um, yeah, so between those three sites, you can get everything that you need. And then, of course, Exalted Funeral has all of my backstock, has, has everything I've ever written um, for Planet X. And, uh, you know, they're good folks. So if you're going to buy something, su- su- support them. They're, they're great. They're great yeah. folks. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great having you on again. Yeah, dude, I always, I always love uh, love coming on. You're, uh, it's always a, a, cr- a crazy uh, conversation <laughs> with you. And, uh, I, get, I get stoked knowing, uh, knowing that we're going to we're going to shoot the shit. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It's been, if you've enjoyed this listening, which I hope you have, <laughs> give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. You search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We can really use the support on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.